closing time Turn all of the lights on Over every boy and every girl Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we've got our offensive UDFA review. We're looking at the Giants' three offensive undrafted free agents of quarterback Tommy DeVito, wide receiver Bryce Ford Wheaton, and tight end Ryan Jones. Uh, other, a few other things we'll clean up at the beginning, talking about Andrew Thomas and some hirings and firings in the front office. Justin, come down from the draft. How are you? I'm good, Bobby Skinner. Great to be back in New Jersey. Uh, I'm sure it's great for you to be back in the great state of Florida. Um, I came back to a mess. There was like a tornado here. <laughs> oh, no. And my AC's not working. My front door is messed up. It was it was pretty rough. See what happens when you leave? I know. It, everything everything goes to crap. This state needs me. But uh, this episode's a really fun episode. This episode's a really important episode because when that Tommy DeVito to Bryce Ford Wheaton fourth quarter touchdown comes in a preseason game to win a game, you're going to know who those guys are and you're going to know why you should be excited about that. And Bryce Ford Wheaton might be the most excited the fan base has been about a UDFA since, I mean, since when, right? Like to have that size, that speed, that type of highlight tape like I, I, since we've been doing this, I do not think there has been a UDFA that we've talked about that this has been this hyped up. The only one that I could think that could be exciting him was Ohio Eric State Dungy. wide receiver. There was an Ohio but State wide Austin receiver. Austin Mack and Benjamin Victor to me they don't even compare to the excitement about uh, BFW. And then the only one I might have been Eric Dungy out of Syracuse because I was convinced he could find himself like a Taysom Hill role in the NFL. Um, and he was just a fun player. But we're talking about another Syracuse former Syracuse QB today. So. Uh, really excited to get into these three guys, and then we will hit defensive guys for the Monday pod. Yes, so let's uh, let's do it, Bobby Skinner. All right, first, this episode was brought to you by some special, special people. We got Daniel Quesada. It's like a mix of a quesadilla and a tortada or a tostada. I don't know if I love tostadas, but my friend, his wife, makes the best tostadas in the world. I've never even heard of that word. I thought you were like, I thought it was like a Rickyism uncultured noah friedman he's a free man luke roberts that's very close to my fake id name in high school which was mm. jake roberts chris kennedy he's uh jfk's grandson actually running for office right now and then just dr strange pork strange meat pork biblical justin who are these people <laughs> these wonderful people went to patreon.com slash talk of giants two dollars a month well, some other, there's some other tiers you want to check out. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. I've got catching up to do. So if you haven't gotten yours, we've been kind of in a whirlwind. I'm catching up this week on getting envelopes out. You get to hang out with us while we record the shows. And there's some shirt raffles that we do a couple times a month, too. Thanks I'm for our patience. I'm going to post a shirt raffle as soon as uh, we end this podcast. Because I need as to do one for the end. from last Friday. All right, Justin. Before we get into these offensive UDFAs, there is some news we got to clean up with the Giants. Um... First, and again, we're not going to give a ton of info on this, but the Giants did get rid of two 
people in their front office. Pro personnel scout Stephen Price, who had been around, he's been in the league for about 18 years with other teams, but been with the Giants the last five years is gone. And then their West Coast scout, DJ Boyster, he's also gone. Now, the DJ Boyster, again, it's from the outside looking in, we don't know how good or bad these guys are with their jobs. But again, DJ Boyster is someone who's been with the team for a little while, and his father was with the team for a long time. Oh. So it, you know, it reeks of Nepo, baby, you know, and obviously they removed them for a reason. Uh, so again, I, not celebrating anyone losing their jobs, but I am celebrating Joe Shane getting guys that he doesn't want there out and getting guys that he does want, which we will see who gets added in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know they made some hires last offseason. I still feel like there's part of me that feels like they've let way more people go than they've kind of brought in. I don't know how much everything is reported, and this is something that is kind of like an underreported and even underanalyzed element to NFL front offices, right? We don't know a lot about these people. You know, we don't know fully what they do. They still don't have a director of college scouting. I mean, they obviously have all their scouts, but when they fired Chris Pettit, they're kind of doing it, you know, like they're having like Dennis Hickey for that job. So they hired about five or six people last year outside of like Brandon Brown. Um, so th- there's that. But they did uh, promote some people within uh, Marcus Cooper, who spent the fi- last five years as a, a local scout, uh, most recently for the Southeast, which is the most important area to scout in the NFL, the Southeast. Uh, he's a national scout. Uh, he was actually with the Bills for in 2017 for a few years. Area scout, uh, Blaze Bell was promoted from uh, to an area sco- That's a great scout. Name. The last three years he was. Do you know what blessed blesto like combine is? It's basically like getting. It's like they those guys are getting ready for not this upcoming year's draft, but the year after that, and putting together numbers in like a database f- for them, which is pretty interesting. Marquise Pendleton, who was a Northeast area scout last year, he got promoted to pro scout. Um, he is also a Blesto scout for four years. And then the Blesto combine scout now is Justin Marcus, who was, uh, you know, like a, like a intern, not an intern, but in a, a lower, lower role the previous year. So again, we, we're not going to add too much to that, but I just wanted to put that news out there that their giants have made some firings and uh upgrades or firings and promotions in their front in their personnel department and then we should expect to hear some new names from from outside hires in the next next week or so uh congrats to the people that got promotions uh not congratulations to the people that got fired yeah not congratulations to Stephen price and dj boister also the other news before we get into these udfas andrew thomas's fifth year option was picked up congratulations to andrew now i will say I want his contract done before the season starts because the price only goes up the longer you wait. And left tackle is is not going to be a position where the market fluctuates, right? Like we're seeing a boom in defensive tackle market right now. That might go down a couple years from now. You know, tight end is kind of down right now. Left tackle market, left tackle and quarterback, that market is never, never, never going down. So with Andrew Thomas, I would like to see that deal get done before week one starts. Yeah, I agree with that. And there are certain moves that the Giants need to make to get themselves in a good cap situation to get through the get through the regular season. And I'm confident that they can do that. And the thing that I want to avoid is a Saquon Barkley extension. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is going to get done. I'm kind of confident in that. So if it takes an Andrew Thomas extension, which should happen anyway, um, and I think it will only go up, like you said, for Andrew Thomas, get it done now. Um, backload everything. I don't give an F. Backload everything so you can get through this year 
Um, you know, if I would love to keep Saquon at that tag that what he's on right now. So an Andrew Thomas contract probably wouldn't uh, won't affect this year's cap space because he's playing on that fourth year, which is like the cheapest of all the years. A Dexter Lawrence contract is what could free up the Giants to be able to pay their free agent or draft class, which they really don't. They need barely anything to pay their uh, maybe like an extra million dollars because of the top 51 with rule with the draft class, which is a point a lot of people kept on making about like, well, they couldn't sign 10 players for the, for the rookie class. Yeah, they could. It didn't. It doesn't make any difference. It's the first three days of picks yeah. that, that, that impact and they have those. In fact, moving up from 89 to 73 actually added a little more to that. And then 25 to 24, but that's minimal. Uh, so Dexter Lawrence's contract is really the one that they can do that they want to get turned done long term that can free up for this year. Really, the only other thing would be restructuring or adding a void year to Leonard. restructuring someone else's contract or adding a void year to Landon Williams. Yeah. So Dexter getting Dexter Lawrence's deal would be the ideal way to do that. So you don't have to add more void years onto Leonard Williams contract. Then you get the Dexter Lawrence contract done, and then you're kind of, you can you can you have enough money to pay your draft class and have about five six million dollars to play with to get through the season. Yeah, they also could release Darnay too, which is two million, but I don't I don't think that's worth it. It's like the same um, thing as releasing Slate in his last year, where it may not even be worth it. Here's where difference where last year's team, Slayton. It it was crazy they was ever being thought about being released with the state of the roster. Darnay, I could see it because Darnay doesn't really fit this scheme. You just drafted Deontay Banks. You could pick Cordell Flott and Ann Robinson both back on the inside, and then Dar- like Darnay could be your third one. So you you take it all the way through camp with Darnay, and if you get through camp with those guys healthy, then I could definitely see Darnay being a, a cap. Uh, a, a cap casualty. Yeah, that's. I guess I'd agree with you. If we get to a point at the end of camp where Robinson's recovered from the injury, Flots at a point where he's healthy and he's looking good too. So that that's where, maybe. But uh, I I think keeping as many depth guys as we can is a good thing, especially in corners, because we know how how many corners we just we just you just go through an NFL season. So. Happy for Andrew Thomas, though. Moral of the story. <laughs> Quick note: a lot of fifth-year options weren't picked up from that class, you know, which was like, oh. see the draft. That twenty twenty draft, though, that first round was loaded with talent. Despite the fact that more than half of them didn't get a fifth-year option, you had Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, who you can argue are top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, who are all pro tackles, literally. Tua, who's like the Tua being the third best QB in the class, is a nice win Pretty for that good. class. Yeah. Uh, Derek Brown, who's probably the least of these. Jedrick Wills didn't live up to the hype of of what from his rookie season, but has been an okay left tackle. AJ Terrell, who's an awesome corner. CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, like those are the guys. Uh, and and then Jerry Judy in there too. Like if Jerry Judy is the fourth best wide receiver, you're looking at pretty good. And Henry Ruggs was in there too, and obviously that's for different cases the reason why he didn't get his. Anyways, he was cut. Yeah, good um, observation. But that that 2020 first round was loaded with talent. So was the 2021. The last two years haven't the first rounds haven't been loaded with talent like those two classes. But those two classes and back to back had had did have awesome first rounds. Where it's like if people said the only got 15 first round players graded for those classes, then they were just flat out dumb. Andrew Thomas, the fourth best overall player from that class. Justin Jefferson, you can say, is better. Joe Herbert and Justin Herbert, you can say, are better. But is Andrew Thomas Joe the and f- Justin Herbert. Joe and Justin Herbert. What did I jo- say? 
You said Joe Herbert. Oh, look at that. Um, Andrew Thomas, fourth best player of that for at least of that first round. Incorrect or correct? Correct, right? Like yeah. the only you can argue Tristan Wirfs, but I'm, I'm excited to see Tristan Wirfs play left tackle this year. By the is, way, is that confirmed that he's going to move? Yeah, he's moving to left tackle. So I'm Good. Exci- I'm, I'm just excited works. for that as a football fan. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, <clears throat> and I, and I want Andrew Thomas to be better, and I think he will be. Yeah, but I, I also have biases too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into these UDFAs, Justin. First, this episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, sports, concerts, festivals, and more. They also want to make sure you are getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots, baby. Follow the green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only place that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. I went to that Mets game last week. Use SeatGeek. I got on the Jumbo Scron. Scron. I flicked it off. Mm, nice. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. You'll Before be glad we- you did. Before we get into UDFAs, I was you know I'm on Twitter for for a quick second as you are. I love seeing baseball fans just tweet out constantly that is the worst loss of the season. God, I could not do that with it. <laughs> I would lose my mind having to do. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not I'm not saying that that's a that's a dumb thing to tweet or that's because because it's true. Like if you're a fan and you're watching a team every day and you feel like man, that's the worst loss of the season. But I've definitely seen from both Yankee fans and I just saw it from Jolly Olive. Yeah, that's got to be the worst loss of the season. Awful way to kick off the road trip. I feel like I've seen that tweet from both Yankees and Mets fans like five times this year. Yeah. Good luck, Yankee could it, baseball Could it be fans. us? We just had a great draft class. Just had the most excited draft class since 2020. And we got a UDFA that was projected to go in the fourth and the fifth round. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about it. Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver out of West Virginia. Let me read off some some size and testing numbers. Mm. Six foot four, 221 pounds with 33 and a half inch arms. The man is big. Well, also... He ran a 4.3840, a 41 inch vertical jump, Justin. Um, this past year for West Virginia, he had 700 yards, seven touchdowns. So, not the best stats in the world. This is obviously like I'm, I, I am surprised he didn't get drafted, right? Like, this isn't being like this guy's going to be a stud, but it's like you would think that this player would get drafted because with the traits. Like, and, yeah. and he has some good tape, right? Now, there's some, there's some bad to his tape, too. Like, he has that long speed, right, at 4.38. Now, he doesn't have the short area speed, right? Like, he had the fourth best 40 time for wide receivers uh, in the combine, was 26 for the 10-yard split. So that's that's basically all long speed, which, again, that short area speed is a little more important, but for a guy his size to have that long speed is really good. Um, and, Justin, he knows how to use his body, right? He's not a six foot four wide receiver who doesn't know how to use his body to his uh to to his advantage. Like he has a great vertical ability to go up and high point big catches. He is able to contort his body and make just tough acrobatic catches with his hands that are just really nuts, right? Like they used him a lot in end zone phase, which I I hate that. I hate that route. 
But again, he is a, a weapon to go and throw the ball on the outside, whether it's back shoulders. You know, if a team is playing single high over, he's like, hey, we're going to we're going to test you. We're going to make you cheat over that side and see if this guy can can work here. Um, why he wasn't drafted, though, Justin, is that short area speed is bad, right? Um, he doesn't look he doesn't play like a four, three, eight wide receiver. Uh, you know, I mean, he had a better 40 time than Jalen Hyatt. That obviously does not show up on film. Uh, route running to me is very lethargic and, and telegraphs routes. And I think the biggest issue from it comes is because of not having that short area speed, he's just not able to eat up cushion and influence DB. So with that and not being the quick, not being super quick where he can sink his hips and just burst out of routes, you can, you pair those and you're going to get a guy who is going to telegraph his inbreakers. Um, so for me, I think what he needs to do to get to an NFL player is to just do more at the stem, right? Work to do more at the stem to create separation. Uh, but again, this guy is fun. He makes his highlight pl- his high re- his highlight reel is fun. Uh, there's something to work for, and the Giants invested in him, right? They gave him a huge UDFA contract and basically yeah. guaranteed that he's going to be on the practice squad this season. Yeah, per uh, per our friend Dan Duggan, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, the Giants hosted him on one of their top 30 uh, pre-draft visits. We know how much the Giants really like those. And he's getting $236,000 guaranteed. That's a full season salary on the practice squad at $216,000 plus a $20,000 signing bonus there. So clearly, this is somebody that... They want to maybe keep around. I don't think that you would give somebody a fully fully guaranteed practice squad salary for the purpose of cutting him at the end of camp. Um, they want to get a better look at him. Uh, Bobby mentioned, you know, you mentioned. I agree with you a little bit lethargic, especially to start the route. And he, but he does have that really really good long speed. Nine point nine six relative athletic score. Obviously, the RIS score doesn't tell. Um, you know, the issues with some some of the short speed stuff doesn't get much separation at the stem of the route, but. For a guy that's a UDFA, like I, I love this, and especially now that the Giants have a wide receiver room with, with a lot of names, and and you know it, none of the names may be great, but they have a lot of depth there. Um, bring on Bryce Ford Wheaton and making some cool plays in camp. I kind of see a path to Bryce Ford Wheaton being successful is being kind of used like Kenny Galladay was in 2021, like mini posts and slants kind of like an off coverage where maybe he can kind of tempo things a little bit and then get yards after the catch. You know, if there's a way that he's going to be used maybe in the preseason along with contested catches, um, which I think is a lot easier to kind of replicate that in the preseason because coverages are kind of simpler. You're playing man coverage, just go up and get the football. Um, That kind of role, I, I hope that maybe he'll be successful that way in training camp and then maybe we'll see him be successful that way in the preseason. Yeah, and that's the thing is like even though he doesn't have that short air speed, like you mentioned, he does have some yak plays. Like they would throw him screens at West Virginia. You know, he's not out there making guys miss a ton, but he can move pretty well. I have this question though. Could there be a move to tight end for him? And that's why like they gave him this money we want to develop because right now, like unless there's a lot of injuries, there's really no path to him to make the roster this year and one, he blocks it on the perimeter well. Like, he brings it as a blocker. Like, he's got the intensity and, and the just good blocking reps out on the perimeter. And the Giants obviously claimed Lawrence Cager from the Jets, who was a wide receiver at Georgia before coming to the NFL. And Wheaton is an inch shorter and a pound heavier, right? So he's got a thicker build for that tight end spot that maybe we can see 
while the Giants have Darren Waller and Daniel Bellinger, that they could try and develop this guy into a tight end because obviously he can be, if he can be, if he can come up to be a solid move blocker, he could be va- he's be more valuable in that role where all of the short area stuff and you know not great route running. I don't know if he's going to be a a great wide receiver. I'm doing something weird. And I'm judging him on his body type and if he and if he has the muscle mass to even add on to play tight end. And I'm looking at pictures of Lawrence Cager in college. I think he looks he looks bigger and he is. more muscular than Lawrence Cager when when Lawrence Cager didn't even now you can make an argument. I just I'm looking at a picture of Lawrence Cager now. Bryce Ford Wheaton looks like beefier than him now. Yeah, I mean, he's an inch shorter and a pound heavier. I mean, obviously, Cager might, be, might have added some weight since he came into the league, but at least coming into the league. Yeah, that's why I'm looking at pictures of yeah when Cager was at Georgia. Yeah, maybe. Sure. I mean, they clearly have a path for him as Bobby has a sneezing fit, and it's a shame I didn't. I, I wasn't even looking at the screen, and I knew you were having a, I knew you were having a sneezing fit. World will never see. World, world will never see. Yeah, but I think that's a good point. It's... Uh, you know, it's honestly just a matter of, you know, can you put your hand in the dirt and, you know, can you survive blocking, right? Yeah, like, can you turn into the quote-unquote, a term I hate, a willing blocker, right? Which is a, yeah. ter- is a term that I hate. Well, it's, again, a term ta- used for ba- uh, it's a term used for tight ends that can't block. Can you at least try? <laughs> yeah, and again, there is guys who, they don't look like a willing blocker. Like Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. He does not, you cannot type willing blocker on his scouting report just to make you, you know, justify liking him a little more. Bryce Ford Wheaton, you can see, like, he, he takes blocking seriously. He brings intensity to it. And again, he's good on the perimeter. That's a lot different yeah. than facing outside linebackers and, and stack linebackers. I mean, here's um, how Bryce Ford Wheaton can make the practice squad. I, I don't I don't think he he's... will be on the practice squad. He's a, He's basically a guarantee. But I mean, if he plays too well during preseason, Right. Let's just say hypothetically they play him at wide receiver. He plays too well. A team could pick him up. That's what I'm worried about with Bryce Ford Wheaton. Yeah, that's my worry too. I I have that worry as well. Yeah. So if you but if you line him up at tight end and you kind of hide him, you know, it's I will say that you usually don't see undrafted guys get poached. What usually you see get poached is fifth and sixth round guys from a year or two ago who just there's not a spot for them those are the guys that get poached okay. right like like i i i'd actually it'd be go it'd be good to look at like how many rookie undrafted guys were poached now the giants had one on their roster in david sills um so you know, like you know the giants poached him from the bills but i think they added him to the practice squad not the necessarily the active roster but i can't, I can't remember exactly right now um that was 2021 that they did that 2019 David Sills, 2019? Yeah. David Get Sills the, is the fifth longest tenured New York Giant, if Get you don't the count F out of here. David and released S- and stuff. <laughs> David Sills has been around since then. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, yeah. We'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but that it, that is a fear. So Yeah, So, but I'm excited to just see it at rookie camp. Like, do they even just, like, give him a couple of Y reps to see how it can hang out, sure. hang at tight end? Like, how does the route tree uh, fit him at tight end? And also, West Virginia didn't have good quarterback play. You know, they didn't do a ton. Like, again, they were, like, screen fade, screen fade with Bryce Ford Wheaton. You know, they didn't really, like, make him a huge part of the progression. That can explain some production stuff with some bad quarterback play. But 
Yeah, I mean, this guy's exciting. <sighs> like, he, you cannot, you can't not watch like this guy's highlight film and and not be excited. But again, there's a reason he went undrafted, and we've we've went through those reasons. But maybe tight end work to tight end could help, or maybe you can develop him as a wide receiver. Where, like I said, he's never going to be super quick in the short area. But what he can do is get better at the stem of the route to separate. Not going to be separating blazing guys but just having some separation are you looking at the news i was gonna break it to you i just saw something on my phone son of a gun i was hoping to break it to you but i didn't want to interrupt this fresh four vomit usually i would i would interrupt you right in the middle but i did not want to interrupt this bright bryce four wheat and talk all right well we're 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 basically done with it the giants have brought back o'shane ziminus god i wanted to break that to you so badly i saw doug actually say breaking news and then the oh the, the pa- chat did it the, the son pa- of a well, bitch no, in chat no no I didn't believe it and then I saw I saw the Patreon I saw the Patreon chat say we're moving O'Shane to CB so then I'm like okay well nothing's happening there but then I finally looked at my phone and Julian popped up and I'm like why why did he text us and lo and behold he sent us a graphic after he quit not paying him for it. Maybe I'll send him like fifty cents on on Venmo. There you go. I have a dollar in Venmo. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll send him that. Um, all right, O'Shane Zimmerman is back. Uh, I mean, that's what happens when you have your third. You have we have no edge depth. You have yeah, Jahad Ward, and that's it, right? And Ellison Smith, who doesn't exist, and Timon Fox. Like again, you don't have any. You don't have any. You don't have any real edge depth outside of Jahad Ward, and he gives you no pass rush. Value. So this is what happens when you come out of a draft. Again, the Giants only took seven picks, so they were not going to fill every depth need they had. So linebacker and edge are the two positions they weren't able to address. This is going to happen, and I would expect to see some linebacker, veteran linebackers at uh, at, at rookie camp because you can have five veterans at rookie camp. Uh, right. Maybe Dion Jones, who they brought in, you know, a couple weeks ago for a visit. Did we do an Ocean Zimenez PPP last year? I don't, I don't think, think we did. I don't think we did. All right, but I hey, hope- another hey, Dave Gettleman's tw- 2019 class is yeah. looking good. Brought back. Wait, is that is that part of the tweet now that no. Giants that signed to a second contract? I, that feels so dirty to say. That does that. Feel I feel dirty. like there needs to be a minimum of like more than the one year vet minimum contract to to clear that bar. Okay, but hey, it does count though. All right, welcome, next. Welcome back, O'Shane Zimenez. Welcome back, O'Shane. <laughs> hey, we got two old Dominion guys on the roster now. Oh, look at that. Uh, they can talk about that. Next on this UDFA list is a quarterback out of Illinois, Tommy DeVito. Now, he transferred from Syracuse after losing his job to Garrett Schrader. But he improved a good amount, and he looked like a better quarterback at Illinois this past year. Six foot one, 210 pounds, big hands, 10.5-inch hands, which I think are like third biggest in the entire class. Wow. Wow. Uh, was numbers were not very good at Syracuse. This past year completed seventy percent of his passes, seven point two yards per attempt, fifteen touchdowns, four interceptions. So he benefited from playing in a better, more stable, pro style, cons- more conservative offense at Illinois, right? Where they didn't ask a ton out of him. Where I kind of hated that Syracuse offense watching. I actually went and watched the game where him and Schrader played versus Rutgers, and I didn't like what Ruck- Syracuse was doing on offense, and they were just getting overwhelmed up front by Rutgers, which is like. Imagine that versus the other teams. Justin, you go watch his film, and it's it's solid, right? Like, he operates the offense, good timing and accuracy within it. Like, he's got solid arm strength, and on the intermediate throws, he can really fire it in. Uh, overall, just accurate, right? Like, especially in, when he's in a good clean pocket, he's going to be accurate. 
Uh, on the deep passes, he's got nice touch throw with really good accuracy. He throws good back shoulders. Will miss a little outside when he's pressured. Again, this is a guy who can come in and in the preseason, and if you have him protected up a little bit, he can run the offense. And again, this guy is the favorite to be the third QB, not on the active roster, but in the practice squad. So if Daniel Jones is going to get hurt, Tyrod Taylor, QB1, uh, Tommy De- I can't want to say Danny DeVito, Tommy mm. DeVito, QB2, which is I think is the path for him. Because they're only going to run three QBs through camp. The only other path would to be to go sign a free agent. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with uh, Tommy DeVito. And kind of just to put a... You know, to give it a little bit of summary, I felt like I was watching Davis Webb operate the Giants offense in the preseason last year. Absolutely. S- simple reads, running back swings out of the backfield, play action boots and rollouts, and he did it well. Davis Webb did it well, and I thought Tommy DeVito this past year at Illinois did it well. Um, He rel- he has a relatively quick trigger, quick trigger. The ball comes out of his hands, you know, not like lethargic, comes out of his hands nice. Uh, This past year, this is how I'm able to tell really the big difference between the offense that he ran at Syracuse and maybe some of the struggles that he had there. And then the success that he had at Illinois had three games this past year where, where Tommy DeVito's time to throw was above 2.7 seconds. That 2.7 mark, I think is around average time to throw in the NFL. If you're throwing it around 2.6, two and a half seconds, 2.4 seconds, that's a very kind of quick trigger offense. Get the ball in your hands, get the ball out of your hands. If you have the ball in your hands for longer than 2.7 seconds on average, that's an offense where maybe you're trying to extend plays, you're running around, you're running around, you're running around. There were six games in 2019 where Tommy DeVito held the ball in his hands for longer than 2.7 seconds, and also I think he had more than double the scramble attempts in 2019 in Syracuse than he did this year at Illinois. I think it was around 43 scrambles in 2019. I think there was only 18 scrambles that he took at Illinois. That kind of tells me that the offense at Illinois made more sense for Tommy DeVito. The average depth of target at Illinois was less than what it was at Syracuse. More of a half-field kind of read offense, you know, singular read, and if you're, you know, one or two reads aren't there, you're checking it down to the running back, you're checking it down to the tight end in the flats, and I thought Tommy DeVito did that well, and that's what Davis Webb did last preseason. Um, DeVito did a great job keeping the offense on schedule and in rhythm. Um, He is sneaky mobile, and he can extend plays if he needs to. He's no Daniel Jones back there. He ran a 4-6-4-40. He, but he can, you know, kind of manipulate the pocket and extend plays and even, you know, roll out on those, you know, those play action boots and he can throw the ball on the run a little bit. He's been he's been known to take a hit, get back and respond well. And he has solid arm strength when his feet are planted. Yeah. When you talk about the pocket stuff, like he manipulates the pocket pretty damn well. And also like he will when he throws on the run, he darts it in there. Right. And accurate, you know, and that's why accuracy is the main thing I look at for, you know, a quarterback who's not going to be a first round hype type of stuff is because you watch college and I'm talking about first round players too, right? And guys who are quote unquote, really clean prospects. I'm not talking about like Anthony Richardson, Will Levis type guys. And it's like, they have these ugly, ugly misses on film. And granted, I'm not watching every single game with Tommy DeVito. Uh, Tommy DeVito doesn't have these like in his game. Like there was not a game. There was not a throw of Tommy DeVito where I'm like, man, that was just an ugly miss. You had the time. You had the pocket. Now, when there is unavoidable pressure, his accuracy will be off, right? Um, not again, not by a ton, but again, it will it will be off. And I think it starts with like footwork. Like he's got solid footwork, right? Yep. There's nothing sloppy about his footwork. The only time where his feet footwork isn't great and it's like is 
when they will do like one step drop or play action quick throws is he won't point his feet and he'll kind of he, he can throw with different arm angles and it'll just be slightly off right like they were in the end zone versus i can't remember who they were playing where they ran this nice little like out like this little veer route where it's like out and then sharp up into the end zone and he fires it in there different arm angle and just doesn't point his feet and he's off by like you know half a foot and the watch is able to get his hands on it but it could have been a nice cleaner catch and a touchdown for him uh, he also was had a lot of drop issues in the games I was watching at Syracuse and at Illinois. Yeah. Um. And again, I I just didn't like that Syracuse offense. Like Garrett Schrader went in there, and I didn't I didn't go study Garrett Schrader for this, but I did watch a game where they both played against Rutgers, and I thought Tommy DeVito looked better, and Tommy DeVito's stats were better at Syracuse compared to Garrett Schrader, uh, who was you know a Mississippi State transfer who you know, started for Mississippi State as a freshman. Um. So, and like you said, he's tough as hell. Like, he's not afraid to stand in and, and take a hit. So, again, I know this is going to sound like, oh, you guys are hyping up this UDFA, right? But we're we're kind of talking about him in the context of a third QB on a roster. Yeah. And I can see it with Tommy DeVito, where a lot of QBs in college, and I bet you a lot of the guys that got drafted, like Sean Clifford out of Penn State. You know, we had four, Brock, Brock Purdy broke the NFL where 14 quarterbacks were drafted. 14. That's insane. The NFL was Again, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy truly broke the brain of these NFL teams. Yeah, with so many quarterbacks being drafted, I'm shocked that Devito wasn't one of them. Yeah, because like again, he like, and I guess you could go back to the Syracuse film where it wasn't good, but hey, at Illinois in a pro style offense, he he had like the things you look for, like in a third quarterback, like having good footwork, good enough arm talent, accuracy, um, and ability to move and 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 improvise on the run now again he's not going to break off long runs for you he's not going to be a read option quarterback and uh but again he can move around the pocket and throw the ball accurately on the run and that's where you really see some velocity a velocity on those throws so uh yeah so i i mean i it's hard to grade guys post draft when they're on your team but i just put him as a d minus as like a priority udfa which he ended up being for the giants but we all thought the Giants were going to draft a quarterback in on day three, which we very much didn't want. You did? I so much. Huh? I did not. I did not yeah. think that. I thought they would. I mean, they brought in Hendon Hooker. I think they all the guys, not having their fourth and that first fifth round pick stopped them from doing it. And all those quarterbacks going off the board. Yeah. Like if, if it was just a normal year for backup, you know, quarterbacks being drafted, I bet you the Giants end up taking one on day three like their Hendon Hooker interest was real which is insane as it is it was real it was real so I would much rather take a shot out of UD especially when you have a high paid backup quarterback in Tyrod Taylor who has one of the biggest backup quarterback hits in, in the league yep I would rather much rather take a UDFA swing on Tommy DeVito see how he does in preseason if he stinks it up in preseason where it's so bad like uh uh Clay Thorson a couple years ago then you can go out and you know look for the guy who's been a backup QB his whole life but hasn't made it on a roster this year type guy um you know and and bring that guy in on the practice squad so so yeah Tommy DeVito can do some nice things like again like the the things you would look for in a third string quarterback being able to like you said keep the offense on schedule good footwork good overall accuracy uh and he throws a good deep ball too like he's not firing it in like 60 yards downfield there was a play where he was rolling out and the guy broke open. It's like, you could, if you really want to, you could probably fire that thing in there. But he throws it with good touch and good accuracy. So, um, 
Yeah, and, and he's tough as hell. It's like kind of what you look for in your third quarterback, yeah. right? And again, that's remember, we're talking about a third quarterback. We think about how bad some starting quarterbacks are. We're talking about being the 65th best quarterback in the NFL at best here. And I'm really excited to see him in preseason. Very Me excited. too. Me too. Like, I think he's plays with a little swag. By the way, your picture of him with the chain and him being just Italian, Don, yeah. Don Bosco guy, uh, might oh, be our biggest that. tweet from all of the NFL draft process because people are loving how Italian he is. Yeah. Um, he has the chain with the TD, his initials. Uh, some people were saying, oh, no, that's that's a that's a chain touchdown for Tommy. Touch, touchdown Tommy. I'm like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it's his initials. But, uh, but hey, they do call him t- Touchdown Tommy. He was in he was in a tank top and then a, it was a the PFT guy retweeted it right yeah there was a bunch of people though like like Bert, it's harder to find out without the blue check marks but Bert Breer retweeted it a lot of people retweeted it um I just pulled up an interview on YouTube and I'm like oh this is this is a look and I screenshotted it and we and we posted it people really like think Italians are funny I do yeah I I do like it's a big like. <laughs> Like Nikki Cass of our company, it's like his yeah. whole brain is just like I'm Italian, and and he's funny. Snacks is just Italian, and he is funny. That's he's not his Irish. brand, though. But it's like there's a couple people who actually like reached out to us, like they're like comedians. There's uh, a there's a guy that recently just followed us. He does videos. Yeah, that's from, like, what I'm Gordon bringing up. Nikki Nikki Scarlatta and and uh, Jojo Scar uh, Scarlatta. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, I want to like, invite them to a tailgate. Like, it's just like yeah, we got. I want to do something with them, but it's just like. People just love it. And you see that guy that has kind of like the weird face with no chin where he eats the food and does the reviews. It's like people just they just eat up like Italian reels. It's like, hey, look at him. He's Italian. I went to see Sebastian. uh, What's that guy's face? Mariscato or something like that. I went to see him a couple months ago. um, Stand a comedian. Touchdown, Tommy DeVito. Very excited to get hyped up over your preseason Please don't let us down. Please don't do a Clayton Thorson to us where we are celebrating Brian Lewerke being signed after you got cut. Yeah, don't make us sound like idiots, please. Uh, yeah, like, don't be, like, again, protect this guy. Protect him. I just want you to read an ad, and we'll talk about the Giants' other UDFA on offense. Let's talk about the Giants' other UDFA on offense. But first, prioritize the rock in your life, the significant others in your life, like the Giants prioritized Bryce Ford Wheaton. How do you like that? That's a good that's a good line. Love it. Give them two hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars. No. Instead of doing that, you can give them light box lab grown diamonds. That's what you can do. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds. They do all the work for you. Lightbox makes lab-grown diamonds you'll love with pricing you'll understand. You won't need to spend $236,000 to get Bryce Ford Wheaton on your team. From sparkly studs to brilliant necklaces, these gems will make their jaw drop. Whether it's from mom or your spouse, getting her a stunning stone from Lightbox lab-grown diamonds, it's a guaranteed win. Tommy DeVito. We were just talking about how Tommy DeVito has, like, chains. I think Tommy DeVito should get something, maybe not for himself, but he should get his mother. You know Italians say mother? That's how they say it right there. He should get something for the, for his mother at Light, Lightbox Lab Grown Diamonds. So this year, skip the socks. 
Instead, become the MVP of Mother's Day with the gift she'll never forget. Use promo code TALKINGIANTS10 for 10% off your purchase. Shop Lightbox Lab Grown Diamonds and use code TALKINGIANTS10 for 10% off your purchase. You'll be glad you did, Tommy DeVito. Hold on, I'm formulating my O'Shane's Eminem's tweet. I can't believe they... I can believe Why it, not? I guess. They don't have any edge depth. The, again, we are at a 90-man roster right now. That's what we're working Get a Go get Marcus Golden. Where is he at? Again, we are working with a 90... Giants have no edge depth and didn't draft anything. Any. Not anything. Didn't draft any. Hoping someone like Ellison or Fox can grow. Oh, he's on the... Uh, oh, no. Is he, no uh, Marcus Golden is a free agent. But edge depth will be bad in 2023. You could have signed Marcus Golden to the veteran minimum. No, you couldn't. You guys don't like Marcus Golden. They don't take veteran minimums. And why would Marcus Golden come back to the Giants? So we, so he could be reunited with me. All right. The next UDFA <laughs> on the list is ECU tight end Ryan Jones. Six foot one, 240 pounds. Uh had 413 yards and four touchdowns this past year for ECU, 442 and five the year before. Oklahoma linebacker turned flex tight end at ECU. So he played linebacker at Oklahoma, comes to ECU, they move him to tight end. Um, he was split out most of the time, lined up in the slot. Um, and they also took him off the field in running situations a lot of the time. Um, with me, with Ryan Jones, to Find a place to make the practice squad or to eventually compete for a roster spot one day. And again, he's new to the position, so this could this can grow. I need to see urgency as a blocker. Because right now, as a blocker, you do not see urgency in his game. Like, as a move blocker, he is, like, very hesitant getting to it. He doesn't use his hands. He doesn't uh, roll his hips through. He doesn't keep his feet moving. In line, he actually can sustain a block halfway decent. But it's getting to that point that is a real struggle for him. And... He's going to have like, and again, this, he's, this is going to be a guy playing H back. He will not be an inline tight end type guy. Like this is to play that H back, which is essentially a fullback in the Brian Dable offense, uh, because he doesn't have the speed to play what he did at ECU in the NFL. Like he's got below average speed, he ran a four, seven, eight, 40. Um, so he's not going to separate, separate versus man. Like doesn't have like any change of direction that gets you excited about him. Um, now he can make some tough contested catches boxing guys out, but again, that's an ECU. Now you are in the, you, now you're six foot one in the NFL. I don't see him being put in those situations to even make those plays. Um, and then, but can uncover in short zone and, and find holes to sit in. So for Ryan Jones, like your, your objective before 53 man cutdown day is to come out firing as a blocker. Don't try and go and have the perfect technique, but just to bring some fire and roll into blocks and not try not be hesitant and almost like want to hug the defender. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, especially with your projection of, hey, in camp, come out here and try and be the H-back. Come out here and try and be what Andre Miller was to the Giants in training camp last year. You know, that that's a path for Ryan Jones to make the roster. And especially, you know, it it tells me that just by kind of looking at the numbers and how he, he was used at East Carolina. Um, this past year, 724 percent of his snaps were in the slot nine percent of them out wide and only 12.2 percent spent in line now the in line snaps did go up in 2021 they were up 33 and a half percent uh but still i mean you're, he was still 
having 50% of the snaps out in the slot in 2021. So it's not like he was used entirely and completely different um, in 2021 in comparison to his uh, 2022. So I'm rooting for Ryan Jones. Um, You know, there's not a lot of guys on this roster that are trying to compete. Who are the guys on this roster trying to compete for that H-back? Andre Uh, Miller and Chris Myrick. And Jeremiah Hall no longer on the team. Yeah, I mean Jeremiah Hall was cut in camp last year. There you go. Um, so they they chose Andre Miller over over Jeremiah Hall last year, and now so like right now I would pick Andre Miller over Ryan Jones. Like at least Andre Miller showed some urgency in his blocking. So that, I mean that's if you're Ryan Jones, like that's got to be your mission. Like I gotta I gotta fire out. And again, I'm not expecting to be a perfect blocker. But again, the, change positions, right? Like he's a change from linebacker to ECU where they had him basically playing slot. So it's not like it's been his main objective of his career is to become a blocker. So like that's got to be his thing, um, but it doesn't bode well for him when, when they wanted to run, they would put other tight ends on the field, right? Sure. And they were only you know moving him either as a as a move blocker, which he wasn't great at, or on the backside in line. Uh, so it's going to be an uphill climb for Ryan Jones, but that again, just going to repeat it for the fifth time: get urgency as a blocker. Because he's got he's got the athleticism to play the H back spot, I think that strength could be in there. You know, hasn't been to- but like he's gonna sustain a block halfway well in the end line. So like just bring that fire out where it's like I'm gonna go out and and smack you, you know. Um, and I'm actually gonna go look for some like linebacker plays on him to see what he played like there. Uh, but right now, my favorite for that spot would be Chris Myrick, Andre Miller, and then Ryan Jones. I agree. You do love guys that change positions though. I used to. I'm not. I'm not as much as in love oh, as I was in 2019. Not a sucker for it anymore. Yeah. All right, Thurston. That's that's it for our, our offensive UDFA. Defensive UDFA. I think now Tommy DeVito and Bryce Ford Wheaton are the names that are going to pop out and get you to click. Defensive UDFA episode is going to be more important. I mean, one of those linebackers is going to start a game for the Giants. It's basically a guarantee at this point. Um, Habakkuk Baldonado out of Pitt. It's a guy people like. So that episode is going to be more important. So this is how I hook you in to listen to the next episode, the defensive UDFA episode. Uh, do you have anything else, Justin, before I, I close it out? Um, take O'Shane Zimenez's job, UDFA from Pittsburgh. Tom, yeah, yeah, seriously. We could, I, I want to see someone, we know what O'Shane Zimenez is. So somebody unearth him from having a roster spot. Um, all right, before we go, I do want to say this, though. Uh, the Giants head of PR, Pat Hanlon, uh, his wife passed away over the weekend during the draft. So just, you know, for someone, we give him a hard time sometimes, but uh, that's that's uh, that's about as rough as it gets, you know, losing losing your best friend. So I, I just wanted to put that out there, uh, Pat, if, if, you, if this makes it your way that us and the Talking Giants fam behind you uh, – in a tough time. I don't know how to yeah. handle things like this, especially when we're talking publicly on it, but I, I yeah. didn't want to, I didn't want to go through the show and not say anything because as much as like we've shit talked Pat Hanlon quite a ton, uh, but he's also been nice back to us. At he's times been very too. nice to us. So yeah, def- definitely thinking of the Hanlon family and uh, you know, we, we got a talk giants community thinking of you too. Yeah. It's like it, it, the giants, giants football is family, right? Um, for sure. For better, for better or worse. So Pat Hanlon, we are thinking of you. Uh, and, and all the family uh, this week. So, 
All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back Monday with the defensive UDFA episode. You have to, have to, have to, have to listen. You have to listen. So we'll see you then. Until then, we appreciate you guys. Let's go Big Blue.